Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, nears? What the fuck, delics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How's it going? Thank you for all the feedback on the 1,000th episode of WTF. There's been tremendous amount of feedback, emails, tweets, all kind. You know, I don't have Facebook anymore, but maybe there's Facebook posts. But, uh, but just tremendous feedback, and we're so glad you liked it. Once we posted it, I was a little uncomfortable with the raw emotion that I experienced. But, uh, you know, I've done that here before, so I I was okay with it, and uh, none of you made fun of me. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. And if you're just coming on board uh, for WTF, I will tell you this. Uh, You can listen to all the archives of the show ad-free with a Stitcher Premium subscription. Just go to WTFpod.com and click on the premium link. So, you know, if you... If you are new to the show and the thousandth episode moved you and you're like, what about these other 950? That's how you can listen to them. No ads. Not a bad deal. Did I mention today on the show, A.D. Bryant is here and uh, it was great. Uh, I love her. I think she's funny. I think she's uh, got a very unique sensibility. I think it's very, uh, there's something very honest about the way she is funny I, I love her. I love her. And she's got this uh, great new show on, which uh, it's called uh, Shrill. And I watched all of them. And I was excited to watch all of them and talk to her about it. But, uh, yeah, she's going to, I'll be talking to her in a few minutes. What else do I need to get you up to speed on? I feel like I need to get you up to speed on some stuff. It's been a while. If it sounds slightly different in here, it's because I'm, I'm re-emptying my garage space because I need to tear it apart. I need to tear it apart. It's a sad thing, but uh, I need to do. I need to get this work up to code in here, so I, I will probably be moving uh, the podcast into the house proper uh, in the upcoming weeks. It'll be interesting. It, now it's a. It, it, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm going to set up shop in a room. It's not going to be like, yeah, it's my house. Yeah, just, we're just going to go hang out. Uh, you know on the couch and yeah i've done podcasts like that before actually but uh, it's not gonna be quite that but uh, i i don't know if you're even gonna be perceptive enough to hear the difference but uh, i you know it has been sort of a chore to get everything re-emptied so i did we did the a thousandth uh one thousandth episode and i didn't uh, really uh, tell you what was going on i went to um 
South by Southwest last weekend for the premiere, the movie that uh, I'm in and that uh, Lynn Shelton directed. I'm in it with uh, Michaela Watkins, Jillian Bell, John Bass, Toby Huss, Dan Baxdahl, uh, some other people. Uh, it, it premiered. It premiered at South by Southwest. And I, I was the lead guy. I don't know why I, don't, I didn't really realize that when, uh, when I shot the movie. Maybe I did. I don't, maybe it, it sort of trimmed down in the way it came, you know, edited. I don't know, but I'm the I'm the main guy in the movie. So I was the lead in a comedy, an improvised comedy film. It was an ensemble cast, but I, I think maybe I'm just saying that. But I think it was a, a I was it was kind of about me. No, it's a it's a very funny movie. Here's the thing about this. You know, we shot that thing, I think you remember, when I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, it, we shot it inside like a couple weeks, and it was it was uh, hot, and it was uh, intense, because you're improvising everything. I play a pawn shop owner, and it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, a comedy caper that revolves around an artifact that is brought into my pawn shop by a lesbian couple that, if it is what it is, could change everyone's entire perception of history it's sort of a i think it's a relevant movie about truth and not truth about conspiracies and about uh about uh you know the the things that divide us currently but it's not heavy-handed anyway that's really the the story's a little wacky so you know don't don't get alienated but you you won't because you can't see it anywhere yet but uh i think the point of 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 what I'm trying to say here is I've never been to a movie premiere really of a movie that I'm in because I've really not been in in many movies. And uh, I had watched the film on my computer. So there we are in, in Austin at a you know big theater. It's a premiere. It's a packed theater. And uh, the movie starts and it's getting laughs from the get-go. I mean, real laughs. I even laughed. Because at, at, I'd never seen it before. I didn't know what it, I knew what I did. And I couldn't, you know, you don't laugh at home when you're watching something by yourself too often. And I was too self-conscious to do that anyways because I was so preoccupied with my own performance when I was watching it at home on my computer. But we're sitting in a theater, me and the cast and Lynn, and the thing's fucking getting big laughs. And I've never really felt that before. I've never, it, it was pretty, pretty great, folks. It's a pretty, it's a pretty sweet movie. And it's very engaging, and it was exciting because I—I mean, there's—I I do a kind of a heavy monologue in the middle, and I got choked up at me doing a, a monologue that was making me choke up. Yeah, that's weird, right? It's some—it's got to be some new narcissism. I made myself cry by watching me on the screen, but uh, and the whole experience was good. The, the reviews have been pretty great, and we all had fun in Austin. I went out to Opie's. And uh, I, I surprisingly did not uh, overdo it, but even what I did do uh, it hobbled me. It, I was, I was, I was meat hobbled. Like I ate uh, a couple, sla- a couple nice slabs of brisket, about three or four pork ribs, the uh, cream corn business they got going over there. I had some green beans and some butter beans, and uh, they got the sides of uh, the white onion pickles jalapenos i did that i felt like that was manageable it wasn't and then uh, over at opie's in spicewood texas she's got the uh 
she they added a pecan cobbler. Are you fucking out of your mind? Are you kidding me? Pecan cobbler. It's like the it's like pie, but better. In a little like single serving pecan deep dish, pecan cobbler with a scoop of blue bell vanilla ice cream on it. And the cobbler is hot. So you get it after you've eaten all the meat and you're just watching that vanilla ice cream melt a little into the little bumpy grooves on the top of the cobbler. And you just put that first bite in your mouth and you almost cry because it's so good. God damn it. So yeah, I did that one day. And then we did a lot of press. We did Leonard Malton's uh, show. Lynn Shelton and myself did the Leonard Malton podcast. And it's kind of interesting to impress with a bunch of wacky people. But we had a good time. And I'm very proud of the movie. Uh, and and I, I hope that everybody gets to see it soon. Someday, folks. Someday you will see Sword of Trust. I promise you. And when we do get it uh, planted somewhere, I will play the uh, piece of music that Tall Wilkenfeld and myself composed uh, for the uh, for the movie. I want to play that soon. Why don't I have that now? Why can't I just play that now? All the music is uh, in the film is is by uh, me. It just worked out that way. Because as you know, if you listen to this show, I've got a few hundred uh, guitar noodles, g- g- guitar riffs, little things I do at the end, and some of them just fit perfectly because it's down south, it's kind of hot, and it's, you know, a lot of the things that I play kind of got a swampy blues feel, you know, that thing. So Lynn was able to kind of layer in uh, a lot of the music that I composed here in the moment for you people that may have sounded just like me sitting in my garage playing by myself, which it was. That was uh, exciting. It was an exciting a good experience. Did I mention I ate a pecan cobbler hot with vanilla blue bell ice cream melting on its top? Oh, man. So, A.D. Bryant. A.D. Bryant. What a gem. She's a gem. I, I, I really always love her on Saturday Night Live, and she's still on Saturday Night Live. It's her seventh season. But in this... Uh, in, in her show, her new show, this new show, which is Shrill, that premieres uh, tomorrow, March 15th on Hulu, uh, all the episodes will be up uh, to stream. And I did that already because I got, I got special access to them so I could talk to her about it. But it, uh, it, she's really uh, stretching out a little bit. You know, she's really acting. The character is tremendous. She's bringing everything that she has uh, to it, her humor. And, and there's a depth to it, too. There's a you know, real range in this thing. And I was proud of her because I love her. I think she's great. And the, and the show is funny. It's touching. It's, it's relevant. It's, uh, it's real shit, you know? It really, it's really, it was good. It's, it's a good show. And I was happy to talk to her. So this is me uh, talking to A.D. Bryant. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare 
something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. So, nice glasses. Oh, thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. You don't come out here too often, eh? I mean, you know, here and there. Yeah? I do. Yeah, but I don't know. Do I'm, you like it? I do. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, I like to drive and... You didn't drive here. I saw that you were driven here. <laughs> well, that's because I didn't get a car this time around, but yeah. You usually rent a car? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's fun, right? I like it. That's like, I grew up like driving around. Me and, too. Like, yeah, it's part of it. How long have you been in New York? Only like when I got SNL is when I moved, so seven years. It's weird when you grow up driving, and I think you grew up yeah. somewhere near me. Where'd you grow up? Arizona. Yeah, I grew up in New Mexico. I know, we're desert people. Yeah, des- full-on desert people. Yeah. My brother's in Phoenix. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm from. My ex-wife's from Phoenix. Whoa. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Phoenix. You buried some bones in Phoenix. <laughs> I did. Yeah, well, yeah, I broke some hearts and uh, pissed off some parents. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> were you born there? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you go to Arcadia? No, oh. no. I oh. went to like an all-girls Catholic high school that's near there, kind of. It's definitely a whole different type of person to like when you grow up with that in the desert. It's nice, I, right? I love it. Yeah. Like, and I love to go back. Uh, do, you, do you go back to New, New Mexico, right? I do. I go back to New Mexico and I go to Phoenix occasionally to see my bro. Yeah. And I work in, I do shows sometimes in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, but like, um, so how, many, how big are the family? I mean, just my brother and my parents. That's yeah. it? Yeah. So it's just the four of you? Yeah. Yeah? It was so nice. Are you really Irish? Um, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah? I think my dad's side of the family is way more Irish, and I just like took on all their traits. as like. <laughs> well, just going by the name. I wasn't judging the traits. Oh, well, Do the traits have... are there, too. What like, are the I'm... traits? I'm the skin. 50% potato. I'm like bright red all the time. <laughs> I if I start drinking, I can't stop. Like like all those gorgeous I'm a, it, I'm aggressively hard worker like until I die. Yeah. Like those, yeah, you got that too? Yeah, where I'm like I'll stay. I'll stay. Keep plugging away. You guys head home or that kind of thing. Oh, so I, the the uh, the that's the sort of fine line between hard worker and martyr. <laughs> yes. The, the, you're like, I'm good. I'll do yeah. all of your work too. In my pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but did what? So, but you're telling me your brother, what? He's what? Is he, what? Doesn't he got the same thing? I feel like he swung the opposite way and now he just is like, I'm going to Madrid for three months and I'm going to like uh, run my bank account to zero and then. The searching start. man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wish I had more of that because I was like, I'm going to just. I don't know. Work grind until I sleep. Yeah. What? What's? But what is he? Uh, is he older or younger? Younger. Oh yeah. yeah. So like in his twenties still or no? Yeah, he's twenty five. Oh, so he's got. Yeah. I mean, he's just gonna go waste a few years. Yeah, he's and cool. Then, <laughs> he's an off the grid guy. Yeah, in a very cool way that I am like truly the opposite of, and I I'm I wish I think we probably are, are yeah. like there's a middle ground between us that's a lot healthier, but yeah. like. <laughs> But, but yeah. you guys are close? Yeah, super close. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And your folks are still around and yes. out there? Yeah, they're 
in Phoenix. Yeah. Plugging what, away. What do they do? Uh, my mom has a store. Yeah. That's like kind of a like clothing gift store, but it's very One popular in Phoenix. Very cool. It's been voted like best boutique like something like fifteen years in well, a row. What's or it something. called? Let's give it a plug. Oh, Francis Baby. Yeah. Everybody in Phoenix knows it and it, they've got to go. It's called Francis Baby? No, just Francis. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be like, I don't know. That's give good. it a nasty plug. No, no, I liked it. It was good. Thank you. Francis, a boutique. How long she had that place? Um, I think like almost 12 years, 13 years. She's My mom like, had a dress store. Really? For a while. Yeah. It's that, a lot of work. What do they sell there? Like candles uh, and cool jewelry and uh, like artist stuff. Oh, uh, crafts. Know, you know. They, sure, I do. So she's got a, she goes to market. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and does the thing like she out does here. the and whole he, thing, yeah. Yeah, and find stuff for the she's boutique. She's shopping, baby. That's nice. It's really nice, and like people really love it there, and it's, it is like, it was the first kind of like cool store in oh, Phoenix, yeah? really? I feel like, and then like when she opened it, it was next to like one record store. There was like nothing else around, and now there's tons of stuff all around there, and like she organizes all these cool like community events, and like, yeah, it's wow. very cool. She's cool. She sounds like a pretty hip mom. Yeah. Totally hip mom, very cool mom. And then, yeah, my dad was a real estate agent, and he did, like, historic homes, like, downtown Phoenix. Like Frank Lloyd Wright homes? Yeah, kind of that stuff, but also, like, these cool, like, almost, like, 1940s bungalows that are, like, in downtown Phoenix, weirdly. Yeah, downtown Phoenix, like, is that starting to happen? I think it's kind of starting to happen. I mean, like, I, when I, I lived there, it was not happening. And, yeah. I but, go down there, like, I stay down there because there's a, the club, is there's a club, new club down there, Stand Up Live. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, I never get the feeling that it's happening. I, get, I think it's trying to happen, and it's probably maybe happening in certain patches. Right. But, yeah. yeah. The patches. Yeah. The three stores and that block. Totally. Yeah, those are the uh, the pioneers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they've come, and they're they're going to turn it all around. I mean, it happens. So, what the, what is the... Uh, the funny situation, like your, but your parents are like, so they're not like crazy Catholics or anything. No, no, they're just sort of like nice, nice desert nice people, desert, desert people. folk. Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't come from there too, did they? Um, well, my mom is from New Mexico, like you. Really? Yeah, Tucumcari. Tucumcari. I know. My she, she must be one of the few people from there. <laughs> it is like my entire family is from Tucumcari. You go to Tucumcari to I visit? have been to Tucumcari multiple times. I don't think I've been to Tucumcari. And and that's fair. But it's in a, you know, it's in some songs. And yes. I And I think I've driven through it, but mm -hmm. I have no picture of it. I think in the 70s when most of my family was living there, it was a yeah. lot different. And now it's like kind of a truck stop. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I think, what, what was it? How was it different? Was it a hippie truck stop? Um, <laughs> or was it a bigger I don't town? know. I think it was just like some Americana like oh. kind of stuff. So your p grandparents are there? Uh, no, they're in Arizona now. Everybody. Yeah. Knows. Everybody came down to the big city. <laughs> yeah. So no one's in Tucum carrying. No, no. And where's no. your old man from? Chicago? He's from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, it's America, man. You, you know, got it. I'm from the thick of it. And you're in your so you have grandparents and family in Columbus? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. So you go to Ohio occasionally? I you know, I drop in for a funeral and <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You get to see everybody at either the happy thing or the mm -hmm. wedding. Yes, or totally. the just a sad thing, the, the funeral. Those are my Ohio memories completely. That, those are it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we're here to bury so and so. We're here because your cousin is getting married. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so Tell me about this Catholic school situation. Oh. Outfits? Oh, yeah. The outfits were happening. Well, I went to public school my whole life. Yeah. And then the high school that I was supposed to go to was like 
I think literally like Arizona schools were rated like 50th in the nation and yeah. it was that bad. Yeah. And so we kind of like scraped it together and I went to this very fancy high school where like John McCain's kids went to. Oh, that, like what's that kind of fancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And mm. like not not where I had been so you ever. Were, so you were <laughs> you were fighting it out in the public schools of Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I mean, not that it was like crazy, but it was it was just like a crazy shift where like my high school had like a right to life club and uh, stuff like that. And they would like bus girls to um, abortion clinics. Yeah. To to, protest protest on Fridays and stuff. And like, you know, that was not not my scene. (laughs) So so junior high was normal. Yeah, totally normal. Were you doing any um, theater? Uh, I mean, can you even call it theater? I don't know, but of yeah, course. like little pageants or something. Pa- yeah, really, like pa- yeah. like what well, you... more like skit, skits type. You did you skits know. in junior high, so you did already... like theater camps and stuff like you that. You did, like little, yeah. So that was always your thing, your interest. Kinda, yeah, but it, I was always like, this doesn't feel that great. I don't know, <laughs> you know. Well, but no one was making you do it. I, I guess, again, it's like that Irish worker. I was like, well, but I can't sh- be just swimming in the summer. I got to do my programs or whatever. Yeah. But that was the thing you gravitated towards. Yeah. I, I always liked it. And I could like get people to laugh at me and get attention, which, mm, yeah, how nice. So you've been doing that like your whole life? I think, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. No sports, no other... I mean, I dipped my toe in the pool, but it wasn't, I was always just like the weird, like I actually, I was just talking about this with my friend, how briefly in seventh grade, I was on like a very hot softball team that they were like winning the championship and I was just also there. Yeah. And wow, like what a hell that was because everyone was hitting home runs and I was just like bouncing around and being like, when's the cake coming? Like I just really shouldn't have been there. Oh, really? But you were there for what, a whole season? Yeah, like here and there, I feel like my parents would be like, "You should try this yeah. or try one of those." Did you? You didn't hit anything. No, <laughs> no, no. It, like, did you get up to bat? Yeah, I mean, I had to stand there and watch them throw the balls. Like it was not for me. So were the other girls mad? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure I was not well liked for that. Dead weight on the big team. One thousand percent. But like, still got all the trophies and the medals that these young women had earned. And he put them. Did you hang them in your room? I mean, I I think I had them in a box or something. But did you feel shame about your part in it? I just knew I didn't belong there. Yeah. More than shame, oh, I was like, I shouldn't I, have been involved in this at yeah, all. Yeah. So you, you you didn't show them off proudly, saying, <laughs> Yeah, I I am a sports person. No. All right, so you go to theater camp, and that's where the oddballs are. Yeah, a little bit. You know, that's, I was like, this feels better than yeah. the sports. Yeah. What is it about it? I don't know. If, I think I've talked to a few people that went to theater camp, but it seems like people who, I don't know, there's just people around singing. Yeah. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, and just like being dumb. Like, you know, you're just like singing and doing weird like vocal warm-ups, even though you're 14. Like, right. You know, it's just. But the bully factor is less. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a refuge. Yeah. I think it's like everybody's trying something <laughs> right. there. But it's like the, the kids who at regular high school have to walk with their head down in the halls, totally. go to theater camp, and they open up. Yeah. But you were funny. So you you probably didn't take that much shit, did you? I when wasn't. You no. I, I like made it through school okay. Like I had friends and I. Right. I, I participated in right, stuff. Right. And you weren't like a weirdo. 
No. I mean, I was like, I was voted most unique in high school, but it was like me and two goth girls that were also (laughs) there. And I was like, oh, this is like kind of a burn, you know? Like, (laughs) it's not like cool unique. It's like, we think you're a freak, (laughs) you know? (laughs) (laughs) That was at the Catholic high school? Mm -hmm. Well, good. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, you don't want to blend in there. Totally. So wait, (laughs) so, okay, so by the time you get to high school, how Catholic was it? You had to wear the dress, the skirts. Yeah, little skirts and and stuff. all girls. Sweaters, yeah. And nuns? Nuns were were there. But were you brought up with any religion? No, not really. They just wanted you to go because it was a good school. Yeah, it was just a really good school. So you had to suck it up and take a bunch of Jesus? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and like I would go to mass and be like, "Whoa, what is this?" Catholic. Everyone's mass. going up and down, and like all the little sayings and the outfits, the oh, the whole thing. The top pageantry. To I was like, "This is wild." They had something at my high school called liturgical dance. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's <laughs> like don't. it's truly like basically. Yeah. I mean, in my case, it was like fourteen-year-old girls with braces dressed in sort of like ghostly robes, yeah. like doing physicalizations of biblical stories, but like danceified. What? And then watching it, I was like, this is psychotic. Yeah. Like, I can't even fathom <laughs> that this is for worship. Like, it was... It's a thing? Yes. Liturgical dance is, is a thing. Like an, a, a tradition, an age old? Like... I don't know if that or if it was just like, here's a thing for high school girls to do, to where's, pray or something. Where's but... that SNL skit? I know. The liturgical, right. how is that not? There you go. Was it going to happen now? Did I just pitch and maybe it'll- <laughs> I need, I need, need bitches. <laughs> I need bits. I've been there so long. I'll take any bits you can give me. So was there theater there? Yeah, there was theater there. But the thing that I was doing more than theater there was like I started doing like a teen improv dr- group kind of So thing. how'd you, how'd you know about improv? Oh, from theater camp. Yeah, theater camp. You learned improv. That's the first thing I saw that I was like, that's my shit. What were they doing at seventh grade theater camp? Ooh. Long form? (laughs) Absolutely not. Little like short form riddle games, you Uh know, and that kind of thing. But you you knew like, that's the answer. Well, yeah. And then also like when I was in high school, I was doing improv in like a teen group where like the ages were like 12 to 17. And so, of course, when I was like 17 years old, I was like... (laughs) I'm fucking good. Yeah. Like, I was like, these are 12-year-olds. Yeah. And I'm like, I have a high school education. Of course, I was like the star of every show we yeah. had. And I think it gave me like an inflated sense of my talent or something. Yeah. Well, th- well that's good, though. No, it was good. It really, like, it made me like, oh, this is my thing. I got to go do this. Yeah. You know? in- an inflated sense of your talent is necessary <laughs> in order to, to nurture that talent into... You have to be delusional in order to... you. Know, uh, kind of have the ambition to 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 pursue this yes and like as a teen girl i was like i don't have any of the stuff for a teen girl like on lock like but i was like but this like i am good and you then, know and it's a rarefied thing yeah it's, there's not like there's not like national teen girl improv competition no. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And also like theater, I don't know, theater always felt like a little self-serious to me and like kind of like the people participating it were like actual dorks where like improv dorks, I was like, at least they're funny, (laughs) you know, like I don't know. (laughs) You don't want to be around the actual dorks. No, I want to be around like the (laughs) wacky dorks. dorks. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense to me. Still friends with any of your high school people? Yes, two, two. From the, the group? 
Yeah, that just like we hold, we held each other to make it through, and yeah, we're still friends. And are they in show business? Oh, oh no, no, not at all. No. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just people doing their life. Yes, of course. In Phoenix, yeah, one works for like the State Department, and the other is like a painter. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, painter. She stayed stayed with it. Yes, stayed totally. In the, the the creative saddle. Absolutely. State Department in D.C. Mm-hmm. Ah, that must be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he he did work for the State Department, but now he's, he's no out. longer. Yeah, he was out. They they pushed him out. I think that was part of it. But yeah. yeah. Also, the purge. did he want to stay? No. No, no, no. They're just trying to gut the State Department altogether. But we don't need to do that. No, this is not for us to take on right no, now. I, it's not. I can't take it on at all. No. So okay. So then you graduate high school and you're an improv wizard and uh, you have an inflated sense of your talent. Absolutely. You're genius, probably. In my mind, yeah. An improv genius, an <laughs> unknown improv genius. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Where do you take that? Well, so like one of my high school like improv t- coach people mm-hmm. that I had was like, there's this place in Chicago called IO where you can go and like take real classes and like do this as more of a thing. And so I was kind of like, that's where I got to go. Chicago. You know? Yeah. So you just bypassed college? No, I went to college. Where? In Chicago. Ah, but that was the plan. That was part of the plan. Not, but Northwestern? <laughs> God, no. Yeah. I went to like an artsy school for dummies, kind of. I mean, I uh, love it, but it's called Columbia College. I've heard of Columbia College. It's a cool school because they truly let you take classes like in all different arts right. and disciplines. And they really encourage you to like do productions in the city or like do, oh, you know, so- I, yeah, whereas like almost all the other Chicago theatery stuff it's like very like you only work at our school and like right. conservatory kind of stuff but like did you go there because you didn't get good grades no i got good grades at, yeah. at a fancy school but i had been like just doing this insanely academic stuff at my high school yeah he did. that was like at a certain point i was just like this sucks <laughs> right. you know and you i want to like yeah. be a, like i don't want to say an artist but i was like i want to I want to be a creative person around right. creative people. And so I went to a school that was really, and I'm still friends with a lot of people who are designers and whatever that I met in college and they've worked on things I've worked on and it's been the best. That's great. Yeah, it was amazing. It's <laughs> nice to know that. So like you didn't go in going like, I'm going to get a communications degree. And see no. You knew like, I'm going to be this. Yeah, I wanted to. I didn't know I was if, if it would happen. but I just knew. I just I was like, I want to be smart. I don't want to take any business classes, but I'd like to be a smart person. Yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I'll get a full liberal arts and just charm my way through it. Yeah. And not remember much of anything except a few poems. But that, what a nice thing to know. Yeah. And appreciate some movies. Great. I, I don't pretend to know more than I know. I feel like you know a lot, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's... But I, there's a limit to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's normal. I wish that I had the guts to be more, like I did plays and stuff, but I, I don't know. Like I was always pretty terrified. Um, to be on stage in too vulnerable a way that did that took like years, decades. I'm really, I'm so surprised. Are you? Just as a fan of your work, I see you as like a vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, but for years, performer. The vulner- the, yeah, but for years it was just angry. It was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. But that there's something like I am very uncomfortable showing anger because I'm like that's not in my deal. You know, yeah. like why is that? I don't. I think it's like probably socialized for women in uh-huh. a lot of ways that it's like not pretty or cool or acceptable to be mad. You yeah, know? But do you ever rage out? I'm starting to occasionally 
rage. <laughs> and it feels so good because I think it's been like pushed down for a long time. But is it that was but, but it seems like because like I watch I watch your show. Uh oh. <laughs> no, I watch all of it. Oh, I liked it. Oh, I like good. you. Oh, thank you. I think you're funny, I like and you. uh, and I get ex- I get moved. I'm, oh, I'm moved nice. by your being. Thank you, God. <laughs> but but the thing is, like, I just wonder, just because of the nature. I know that the character on the show is not fundamentally you. No, but I wrote, I helped write it, and it's definitely there's threads in there that I'm like, yeah, that's but me. I, yeah. Well, I always wonder though, because you seem like sort of uh, the people pleaser thing. The uh, the martyry kind of like I'll do it like mm-hmm. that whole thing that to me like I always wonder just how much rage comes from living like that yeah so much <laughs> so so much but is- I can smile my way through a lot of anger which is that's fucked up <laughs> yeah but like what is that why why what was like how do like what was it what, that you were growing up with that like it, what do you think it comes from. I don't know because I I also feel like my parents are both very even keeled, like never raised their voice at me, never. Liars. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was like if I got in trouble, it was like we sat down, we talked about it. It was like, you know, we're disappointed or those. And like that kind of thing hit me deeply, you know, of course. The disappointed thing is the worst. Yes. It's like in your bones. Just yell at me. Just yell at me. (laughs) But there is something like sort of that's like slow down think about it talk about it but it doesn't always maybe allow for you to like have that visceral anger which yeah. i feel like only maybe in the last like five years have i been like "Ooh, what is that in the back of my bones yeah, that like... feels like a fire <laughs> you know like... <laughs> and wants to say fuck you yes yeah. yeah oh good well i'm glad that's happening thank you it feels so good yeah but i like i would think that like when you were doing improv, though, like like you didn't find one that could yell and scream. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I did. I I definitely have, oh, and yeah. I, and I feel like part of what improv did was like it gave me it put me in the driver's seat a little yeah. bit, where yeah. I was much used to like just kind of being like, yes, sir, thank you, I will do that, and what a joy for me, and wow, and woo, and like, and like for improv, it was like, no, I write what I say in the moment, and like the audience kind of has to eat it, and like I liked that feeling, or like, you know, being in control, like. It's the best. Yeah. It's also the best to generate like that, because I mean, that's how I generate my stand-up, where all of a sudden you surprise yourself, you're like, that came out of my face. Totally. I I just said that. Where did that come from? Yeah, it is like, it's very, um, there's such an ease to it when when it's easy and yeah. like what a <laughs> nice ride that is, yeah. you know. So you go, you're at Columbia College and you're you're majoring in improv in acting. Oh. Yeah, because they didn't have like a comedy improv sketch major. Now I think they do, which is insane to me. But yeah, yeah. well, I think your generation kind of turned the entire uh, structure of the comedy entertainment business <laughs> to, to around. Yeah. Like, you know, it's sort of interesting, the Chicago thing. The yeah. Sh- like how, like, for a while there, it was all about stand-ups. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, these people that, that work with other people, they're more well-adjusted <laughs> and funnier and they have a little more control over their talent. Oh, my. I, I don't know. I feel like there's uh, good in both, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, and like, I, I definitely, the thing that I think I got out of going to Chicago first rather than maybe going to like New York or LA is I really did just go there because I loved improv. Like, yeah. and I wasn't like angling like, okay, and then I'll get on SNL and you know, not. whatever. Yeah. I really, that was like, especially coming from Arizona, it yeah. was just like, that's not 
part of the dream. Like, I just want to do this stuff, you know? And and I feel like having, like, you know, I was in Chicago seven years where I so, just did shows every night of the week. But you were there, like, that's including college? Yeah, because during college, I would, like, go sco- go to school during the day. And then, like, at night, I would go do improv or sketch or whatever. So when you studied acting, though, like, what did what? how did that help? I mean, did you, do like, were you into it? No, <laughs> like I didn't like it really, you know, I mean, I never like auditioned for a play in college. I never like did. Any... How do you major in, in acting and not? Because I was doing shows like out for real audiences in Chicago. I know, but like, isn't that part of you getting a grade? To yeah, be in the you play? would think, but I don't know. I made it through. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to use the, your 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 uh, nightlife? As a, a little credit. bit. I mean, like, it was really nice that by the time, like, I finished school, I was occasionally getting paid to perform comedy, like, you know, around Chicago or doing touring shows and that kind of thing. So I did get, like, I think, like, some internship credit or something for, like, yeah. the touring stuff I well, was doing. Well, that's good. Yeah. All right. So you go and you're like, when do you, wh- wh- how do you first venture out? Like, what, it, like, how does that happen? Like, when like you go in Chicago? To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From college, you know? Well, I was like, you know, in school with a bunch of theatery people. And so I was like, I'm going to go take classes at this place at IO. And a couple friends joined me. And then that's Improv Olympic. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's kind of where I started. And I like got on a improv team there when I finished the But program. not Second City. No, I never did. Not no, I never really like took the classes there or did their like the way you go yeah, up their yeah. ladder. Did you see shows there? No, really. <laughs> Weirdly, no, I didn't. Um, I mean, I the you're I, an IO person. I was like an improv person. Yeah. I wasn't really doing sketch in that same way. And then towards you know like the end of my college time, I started doing shows at the Annoyance Theater, which is. Like a yeah, little more was... sketchy, and it's a little more writing stuff. With Sedaris? Uh huh. Yeah. She. So like, they she... started it, right? Who started it? Well, Mick Napier started Mick Napier, it. Napier, yeah. And yeah, he like yeah. directed Amy Sedaris's yeah. one woman show, and he like you know he taught many, and me included, like was a huge teacher of mine and helped me so much. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. I just talked to Amy. Oh really? Yeah. I just saw her at the airport. <laughs> just now? Uh, well, like couple a days couple ago? days ago, yeah. Yeah, I, I interviewed her. She's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Truly, like no one else like her, and yeah. a, a true like artist's mind. But yeah, she brought up annoyance. Yeah, because I knew so, like their that crew that did the Exit Fifty Seven sketch mm-hmm. show. I think were a lot of annoyance people. Yeah. Like I think they were all from there. I mean, the cool thing that for me that was cool about the annoyance was like it was very like punk rock. Like right. when I was starting there, it was like, whoa, this is not like Second City. It's not this like polished sketch. It's like almost veering in the world of performance art. Like it purposely trying to be disgusting sometimes. And like, what was but, the angle? Did they have a, a manifesto? Was there a you know, method? I don't, I don't know. And I would hate to paraphrase, but I I would say it was like sort of like take care of yourself and like make the audience eat it a little bit like just like be bold and push like your yeah push, push your limits you yeah. know and like and you start so you're at io doing straight up improv for old school tourist crowds heralds like old school improv and that's where you learned all that stuff uh-huh, you which, yeah and i and that's where i did a ton of shows it was just like reps which yeah. was really nice but you were then part I, of the troop yeah multiple troops proudly trooping it yeah yeah <laughs> and then what, how did annoyance happen 
And so uh, someone saw me in one of those improv shows yeah. and was like, hey, you should come try something here. And I did. And, and what, what's it, was it like a little theater kind of deal? Like, yeah. It was like, like, where am I? What is this? Kind of, yeah. Like, I got, uh, I basically, they were like, you should come do this, like, little 20-minute play we're doing. And we improvise to write, basically. Yeah. So you'll improvise a bunch of scenes, and then if you like one, you re-improvise it, and you use that to write. And that's, like, sort of what the annoyance does, is they write, like, narrative shows through improv and, like, fine-tuning. So that's almost sketch? Yeah, it is. It's, like, it's the start of it. For me, it was, yeah. And, and how long did you spend there? Um, so at the annoyance, I did like, you know, maybe two shows, Uh um, which is not that long, but from doing one of those shows, I got hired by second city, which is like kind of rare. What does that mean? So you did do second city. Well, yeah. So, but like typically what people do is they'll go through their training program and then they might be in one of their like junior performing groups and then they might get on a touring company and then they'll tour for a couple of years and then they'll, you know, whatever. And I, I sort of weirdly and luckily got to like bypass a lot of those steps and did a show at the annoyance and a director from second city saw me and then cast me like in one of the main like not main stage but the there's two main stages there right one is called main stage one's called etc and i was on the etc stage now so like but there you are you're you're used to working with a certain group of people now you're it's sort of like now you're in the big time kind of thing this is the big leagues you kind of skip some steps so you're going over there knowing that some of them are going to resent you. Yeah, fully. <laughs> yeah, truly, yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people also, like, went to Second City and waited for 10 years and didn't get those jobs. Oh. And, like, you know, it is, like, it's a it's a very highly coveted job. So I always felt very appreciative and loved working Did there. you get any flack? I'm, I heard, like, rumblings, but nothing, you know. Yeah. I always felt like I worked really hard and I... I did, I did a million shows. I deserve to be there. Right. You know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Pretty well adjusted. I'm trying so hard. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> who was some of the do, do, who are some of the people there when you got there? Anyone we know? Oh yeah, I mean Tim Robinson was oh, there yeah. around that. Sam Richardson. Um, who Cecily Strong was around there. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's great. She was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like her. She's funny. So funny. There's some funny people on on this this crew. So you're doing Second City. Mm-hmm. But at this point, like, you know, like after college, I mean, I, you say you didn't know what the trajectory was yeah. with improv. Mm-hmm. But by the time I imagine you get to doing improv in Chicago, SNL becomes this thing there. Um, it's weird. Hanging over it. it. It did eventually for me because I was performing in a show with Vanessa Bayer when she got hired. And that, I think, for me was the first time I was like, oh, my God, I'm so, what? Like Close to it? Yeah, like, I have a, uh, there's a way that showbiz comes to Chicago and, like, scoops you up and takes you away. Like, I was, I could not believe that. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I had never seen it happened there before and i didn't know anyone so i I was just like oh i'm just here kind of plugging away like trying to yeah get good you never really thought about it i just didn't i guess i didn't think think that that could happen like i don't know yeah i know it sounds stupid now (laughs) because i know that that's how it works but i was really naive when it came to that stuff Uh uh-huh and you saw her go yeah, and like she and I like performed together for years in Chicago, and sh- and we did a show at the Annoyance together. Yeah, that we like rode and 
you know, some so of our pals? friends were in. Yeah, yeah. And so when she went, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, this is insane. And are you guys still friends? Yeah, super close. What's she doing? She's She just moved to LA. She did? Yeah. From New York? Um, yeah, she's been, she's like working on a ton of stuff. She's got cool irons in the fire, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I realized I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. I am, I'm actually watching the show occasionally. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I never thought it would happen again, but it did. Well, some... I'm curious, like, why now? Or do you think, or even? Well, it's not even about the politics. It just so happens now there's like, the cast is so fucking good. Oh, that's. I think we have a really cool cast. Beck Bennett, who's in your oh, show, my, for his yes. cameo in your show. It's not a cameo; yes. it's a little part there. Yes, it was great. He's so great. I love him so much. Yeah, he's like. Uh, it, it, here's the weird thing about SNL, and it's something that Lauren like talked to me about. Like, yeah. you know, Lauren demystified everything for me to my face. Yes, like because I mythologized the first few seasons of the show, and he's like, "Look, there's been a lot of great casts, and I don't know that it, there was a period there where I just." I think like anything else, it doesn't. it's no longer relevant to you. Sure. Because I grew up, I'm old. Yeah. You know, so to come back around to it and, you know, it, to see it so repopularized is so amazing. It is crazy. I mean, even when I got hired, I wasn't like watching the show regularly because I was like out doing shows. I hadn't watched yeah, the show in like night. five years, exactly. you know? But then I do think it like, it kind of comes and goes depending on your age and like where you're at. But you now know? you can watch it any time, which is a big difference. Yeah, that difference. is a different thing. Totally. It's like you can, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to, like, back in the day, you're like, I gotta be home at 1130. To... No, and I know. And when you're 14, it's not a big problem, but when you're 19, it is. Well, also, I feel like it's drastically changed the way you write for SNL because it is like, I don't know, some of those early sketches, if you watch them, they're like oh, yeah. incredibly patient and like nine minutes long. And like now, you rarely will see a sketch more than four minutes. Yeah. And it is like a joke every two seconds, you know, like, Tight, or yeah. at least they're just like, you know, it's like a machine gun in a way. Like there's not Every, a lot of air to breathe. And that's like part of what it is now because it's like clips, you mm -hmm. know, and stuff. Right. It's changed everything. Yeah. Everything's got to deliver. Totally. Right up front and Boom, keep going. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everybody's good. That's why I'm watching. <laughs> okay, good. I like that. <laughs> that's great. All right. But how does it happen for you? So you see, yeah. uh, you see Bear just disappear, plucked up yeah. by the big time. There went my friend. Yeah. Um. And basically, right after that, I got hired by Second City. And so what you do there is you, like, write a show with five other people, and you perform that show for, like, six months. And mm -hmm. so I did one of those, and then I did another one of those. And I think the second time around, I just, like, knew more, knew what I was doing more, and I, I sort of, like, wrote myself better pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and then we opened that show, and, like, two nights later, Lorne and all the producers came to see that show. Which I think was really lucky for me because they watched a full two-hour comedy show that I did with my friends, you yeah, know, and right. I didn't have to just like have it all crammed into five minutes, you know. Who were they there to see? Was it just that they, they just showed up? I think it was sort of like this was right after like Kristen Wiig had left, right? And like, people, and it was like about to be like Bill Hader and Jason Sudeikis and Fred Armisen's last season, and yeah. so they were kind of I think being like, okay, we got to get some new blood in here. So they were just scouting generally, you know, like not right. And they came to see our show, yeah. And I, I had, like, a couple, like, big pieces in it that were, like, my my thing. And, right. And then um, they came backstage and, like, said hi and whatever. And I, I re just remembered that, like, Lauren was, like, talking to me a lot backstage. And I was like, ooh, does that mean, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm special? Like, do I get the candy? I don't yeah. know. I felt like a little 
whatever. And then a couple of days later, I was in an antique mall with my parents and I got a phone call that they were like, oh, they want to fly you out to audition five minutes and they want you to write, you know, put put it together based on the stuff you did in that show. So they want it to be really similar because they want to show kind of the same stuff to the people back at the studio, you know, so. So you were at an antique mall in Phoenix? <laughs> Actually, they had flown to Chicago to see my new show, which yeah. had just opened. Okay. So they were, we were at an antique mall on the north side of Chicago. And you were like, nah. I fully like got off the phone and started going like, mom, mommy, <laughs> like just like a full <laughs> child. Did she go, what? what's the matter? Oh yeah. And I was like, they want me on SNL, they got to go to New York now. Like just couldn't even talk and was totally freaked out. Were you able to have the, did you stay at the antique mall or did you have to leave? <laughs> no, I was like, I have to go home and like have diarrhea right now. Like I just fully like crumbled in that moment. <laughs> That's good. All right. So you fly out there. Yeah. And they put you up. Yep. And then you go to the studio. You go to the, what is it, the eighth floor? Well, so weirdly, so for this one, it was like all women. So they brought in like 15 women or something. Did they put you in a room with no windows? <laughs> no, but right. they they had us audition on Jimmy Fallon's set, weirdly. Right. Yeah. So like on the sixth floor. Yeah. Um, and so I did my five minutes and it was fine. I got laughs. I, I had been told like expect nothing and then like I did get laughs and so I was like oh mm -hmm. like that. I was super relieved and happy. Yeah. And then I left. I flew back to Chicago and then they were like can you fly back? To talk to him? No. To meet like Seth Meyers yeah. and the writers. And like yeah some of the producers and stuff. And so I went for just like I think kind of like a crazy test to just see if I was Nuts, you know? <laughs> really? Why do you think, why? What were the questions? Nothing. It was just like, where are you from? How's it going? Yeah. Are you a normal person who can have a normal conversation? Kind of like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I flew back to depressed? Chicago. Are yeah. You... <laughs> like, but then I flew back to Chicago and I was like, well, I guess that's it. Like, I didn't get it and uh... that's what it is. And then like a week later, they were like, we want you to come back out, do another five minutes and new material. And can you write it in like two days? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I can. And I love to do that. Characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- um, What'd you come up with in those two days? Oh, my God. Basically, I don't do impressions. It's like not my wheelhouse. So I but was But they like, want you to do one, huh? Yes. So I was like just scraping the bottom of the barrel for what I could find. So I did an Adele, yeah. which she was like kind of hot at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did like an Ethel Merman, which not topical, but- Did you sing? I know. I should have, but yeah. no, I didn't. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really it. That's, those were all of my impressions. But I mostly just did like a million characters. You know? How many of them do you still do? Almost zero. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, and I don't know that I've ever done any of them on the show in really? any capacity. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, Is that your choice? Um, I think there was one piece that I like submitted. Yeah. That didn't go. Right. But it kind of like just doesn't translate. Like it was a piece where I said fuck kind of a lot. Yeah. And like to then like to make it SNL and you have to be like, you're bad. Or like, you know, right, you yeah. it just right. like doesn't work in the sure. same way. No, I don't fuck know. Is, it fuck. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, it was like kind of like a Dolly Parton style <laughs> character that was, was like her all ex-husband band. Oh. oh and so, okay. you know, it was like you kind of needed a little fire under there. And it <laughs> that's was, still a funny premise. Yeah. Oh no! Totally. It, that was very funny on the show, and you're on uh, Shrill. The uh, when that the text fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> Question mark. I mean, it happens. 
<laughs> Does it? I think so. That's straightforward. I'm, you know, I like that you use fuck, and then you, like later in the season, someone says smash is not my word. Are yeah. we gonna smash? Yeah, I, I don't think I knew what that meant till maybe a month ago. Really? I'm like, I come from the generation of fuck. Yeah, of course. Not the generation of smash or hang out. But I feel like even smash has like a little bit of a wink to it, and that you know that it's like kind of dumb. It, I do. Yeah, I guess so. I get. I think it's. I think maybe it's dumb, but it's also like it. It. it trivializes it in yes. a way like it's just a thing that we do sometimes yeah we smash yeah exactly <laughs> but okay so so then you go back for the second audition mm-hmm. yes and you didn't have to sit down with lauren in that office no How, he doesn't seem to do that like he used to well so so i went for my second audition i did my thing i th- and this time it was like boys and girls and it was some of the girls who i'd seen before like cecily was with me both times and so it was sort of this like narrowed down pool mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm and um, and so I did that audition and I went back to Chicago. And then two days later they were like, can you fly back? So I was going back and forth. I went back and forth like four times yeah. uh, and it was super scary, yeah. you know? Cause I was like, what's happening? Yeah. Is this really gonna happen? Right. Um, and, and then the fourth time that I flew back was when I like met with Lauren. And- So you did meet with him? Yeah, I did eventually, yeah, but not, through that whole like month long, and you had met him. Did you did you catch up about hanging out at the uh, at Second City? No, I mean <laughs> I met him. You know, had like a lovely little interaction with him backstage at Second City. That I was like, okay, I'll live off that for the rest of my life or something. You know, yeah. and then and then I went to his office, and he kept sa- sort of like saying stuff that I was like, did I get it or did I not? <laughs> like I couldn't tell. Like what? He was like, you're very young, you have a lot to learn. Yeah. And so, and I had heard of like people like auditioning and then a couple years later coming back. And so right. I was like, maybe he's kind of telling me like, go keep yeah. working and right. we'll see you in yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, you know, the wigs are a whole nother level, like it takes it up. And I'm like, okay. He's got, he always asks about he's, the wigs. I know. It's, I think because he's, you know, I don't know. It's a, it is different. Like To wear wigs? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But to, but then at the very end of the meeting, he stood up and was like, but I think you'll do very well here. And I still didn't really like know what he meant. And I thought he meant like someday you might do very well here or something. And so he gave me a hug and I was like, okay. And then I walked out the door and two producers gave me hugs. But then I just walked right out of the building into my hotel. Like no one was like, okay, you're going to start on, you know, no, nothing. And so I just sort of like walked out of the building and I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And then maybe 20 minutes later, one of the producers called me and was like, did you know, you got it, okay? And I I was like, oh, oh, thank you. And she was like, yeah, we could tell you didn't know. And and I was like, okay, yeah, I didn't. I had no idea. That's why I left the building. Yes, I just assumed it was over, so. (laughs) Did you go back to the building? No, I just sat in my uh, hotel room with Timmy Robinson, who also was hired in that moment. And we both sort of just stared. It wasn't even like excitement. We were just staring at each other like, what's going to happen now? Like, yeah. what's this? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No crying, no yelling, just sort of like, no. here we go. And like, you know, we couldn't tell anyone. Like, it was it was a secret. Oh. So you're like- Oh, you're not allowed to? No, because, oh, because they, they like announce. release it, you know? And so you're kind of like, you have this secret that you're like, want to scream, but- And what year was that? 2012. So you've been there a while. This is my seventh season, yeah. And you're you're a powerhouse. 
Oh, my God. Come on. Thank you. That's very nice. You're on a lot. I mean, yeah, I, I, I weaseled my way in there. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And what? how does it work? I know how it works, kind of. But, like, do you, are you, do you work with certain writers? Yeah. You know, I mean, when I first started, I would say, like, my first four seasons. Yeah. I wrote almost exclusively with Chris Kelly and Sarah yeah. Schneider, who uh-huh. were head writers there. And they have a show now. Um, they left the show. And so then when they left, I started writing with like a lot more other people. And I, now I kind of like switch it up a lot. Kate McKinnon, Chris Kelly, Sarah Schneider and I, we wrote a lot together. Yeah. And like really kind of the stuff that I think like kept me my job on the show, you know, like we wrote a lot of like all girl music videos and kind of some like kind of did what the Lonely Island had done, but like for the ladies a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was smart. I mean, it was like really fun and I feel like it was like what helped us kind of like find our thing on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and you're just you're in. So you you don't have any sort of like I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> is that what is that what you mean? Well, I mean like, like how long do you think you'll stay? Oh. As long as they'll have um, you or I don't know. I don't know about yeah. that. But I I don't know. I mean I I've done this other show that's a lot of work. Shrill. You know, Shrill, yeah. And and Lauren produced it? Yeah, Lauren produced it. So how does that work? Because like he does that, but it's not it does it not always. Like there are some people from SNL that do shows. Usually he's got a piece of it, but sometimes yeah. he doesn't. But then there's others that like he seems to really, you know, because it's a Broadway video show, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. So um, how does that work? The how did that all come together? Is that a contractual thing or do you go talk no, to him? No, it's not contractual. I, I guess for me, I, I can only speak to what happened for me, but yeah. I because I think it is different for every person. Right. But um, you know, I would say basically what happened was the show is based on a book called Shrill, which is a memoir by this woman named Lindy West. And I loved the book. Yeah. And so then when I heard that it had been optioned, I really was like, what are they going to make with that? Because that, that is the thing that I've ever read that I was like, this is a lot like my experience, yeah. you know? And so then, you know, Elizabeth Banks was the one who had optioned it and she was executive producing the yeah. show. And when I met with them, I was sort of like, look, I want to do this, but I don't want to leave SNL. I, I don't want to. And is there a way that I can do both? And I would love to have Lauren involved. And so then I kind of went to Lauren and was like, look, here's this thing. I really love this book. This story is important to me yeah. and I want to do it. And will you help me do it? And he was so wonderful and really was like, this is a perfect thing for you. And he was sort of like, you know, I think this is how audiences should get to know you better in yeah. a lot of ways. And and so I, he was so wonderful and supportive and like truly has helped so much. <laughs> and yeah. like, yeah, it was really nice. And so basically, I got to do both, like kind of at the so same Elizabeth time. So Elizabeth Banks is still involved. Yeah, she's an executive producer. Huh? Yeah. Is she at like? Is she in the mix? Yeah, she's in the mix. Huh. She's in the mix. She watches and she watches. And... She's in the mix. I like her. Yeah. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she is. Like she's I... like a true trailblazer on that front. As far as like, I think a long time ago she was like, I'm not just going to be an actress. I'm going to like mix shit, and she really did it. <laughs> yeah, she's made some big shit. Yeah. Yeah, I watched all of them that they gave me. There's six I watched. Yeah, there's six episodes. So you saw the whole dang thing. I watched the whole thing. But so how you are involved in the writing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many? How, who, how, what's the writing crew like? How many are there? Um, well, it, there were basically seven of us in yeah. the writer's room, I think. And um, or no. Yeah, that's about right. Because we co-wrote the first couple of scripts. Um, like, yeah. So. And then, then everyone gets assigned one. And then yeah. you kind of bring it back in and Yeah, and then I away. usually kind of did like the last pass basically right yeah and this character annie right yeah now 
how much of that is, you know, I, I don't know the book. Yeah, that's okay. How much of it is like you're like, especially, I mean, the, the, the most, the theme of, of being sort of a doormat ish kind of person and struggling with self-acceptance and weight. Is that a struggle that you, you feel the same struggle? Yeah, I mean, I think I feel differently about it now than, like, maybe where the character is at right. in this show. Um, but certainly, like, when I read Lindy's book, sh- I felt like she sort of, like, verbalized all these things that I had always thought, you know, which was, like, this seems like a fucking scam that's been sold to women uh, in a lot of ways, like, the diet culture. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, fuck it, you yeah. know? And um, And just feeling, like... I don't I just always felt like I don't know how long I can have the only motivating thing in my life be like the width of my thighs or like the size of my stomach. It just felt like such a hollow thing to chase. Even from a really young age, I was like, I don't like this. You know, like I don't what's what's but the you point? always had that issue. Well, I just oh, yeah, I was always fat. Mm-hmm. But I I. I don't know. I just always felt like, yeah, I'm fat, but it doesn't make me a bad person. Right, <laughs> like, you right. know, I still have value. Sure. And and actually my value isn't my body. It's like my brain and my friendship and my, you know, talent. comedy, my yeah. talent, my relationships, all these things. And and I don't know. I think I- So the book I, changed your life. Well, I definitely related to hitting a breaking point, being like, I'm not going to participate in this system and I'm yeah. going to try and achieve things beyond like- you know, losing 10 pounds. And the second I did that was like shortly after I got hired by Second City. And then shortly after that, I was hired by SNL. And like, I wonder if I had been obsessing so consciously all the time in the back of your head, like, don't eat this and do this. And, you know, you know, like that kind of mindset where you're just tortured by like, what's going in, what's going out? And are you doing this or doing that? And I look this and tugging my shirt and, you know, just like the constant yeah. Loop. <laughs> yeah, I have that, and I'm not heavy. Yes, I, but, but I think that's the thing is like, and that's how I felt about this book. Where am it's I? Like, no, you're you're gorgeous. You gorgeous body. I've been thinking that through this whole interview. Look at it. I've been going like doing the Coke bottle hands yeah. and everything. <laughs> Thank you. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I it's just like it's a mindset that when you're in it, it's a trap. You know, it's a trap because you're never going to win. No. And like, it's and, never and, enough. Right. And even if you get to where you think you want to be, then it's always staying there, and then it, it just it, the the whole game turns. Yes. And then your whole thing. It's all about, you know, this weird control and and, uh, it's the worst. It's so dark. And I think just like what you're saying, people of all shapes and sizes have this like internal record spinning with this kind of stuff in it. And you'll never be good enough. Yeah. That's what it boils down to, you know. And I think particularly for girls, there's unbelievable amount of pressure. Yeah. And when you've been raised with like, you know, 18 years of like, that's part of being a woman, you know, you're just like, there's, there does come a point where you're like, am I going to do this? Right. (laughs) Am I going to do this for the next 60 years? To what end? For what? Yeah. For who? You know? Yeah. And the show really shows the arc of that realization of that, you you know, which is great. It's, it's really touching and it's, it's well executed and you can sort of, you know, feel it through all the, you know, the relationships with the character and also just the, you know, there's that one moment 
which I thought was beautiful because I get choked up because I'm old and you know I don't express uh, experience my feelings properly. So, <laughs> like I get choked up when I watch things. No, are you kidding me? I yeah. sob when I watch yeah. things, and I love it because I'm alone. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like if I'm with someone else, if I'm with my girlfriend or something, and some some tears start squirting out, I'll just try not to make the noise. That, <laughs> you know, I, I have that on planes when I watch movies where I'm like, ma'am, you have to keep it under control because I want to fully like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just go there and because I like love to watch and absorb and yeah, then yeah. you let out like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I'm like, someone is eating lasagna next to you. Like, stop. <laughs> but th- there's that one moment where, you know, the, the sort of confident big woman kind of wa- just walks down the street and he sort of start following her. Yeah. It was so beautifully oh, uh, thank you. conceived and shot. Yeah. And you know, it just, it, it all, you know, made sense, you know, yeah. like it, with nothing being said, it was nice. Well, I just think, I think now it's a little bit of a different time because there's like the internet and there's all different kinds of ways to live and you can see like images right. of all different kinds of people. But for me, like in Arizona where everyone's in a swimsuit year round, like, I just felt like there was only one way to be and like if I'm not that then what what am I going to be and like how can I find a purpose in her yeah. or like do I not deserve to go after my thing because I don't look like how you're supposed to look or right. all that stuff I mean it's like it's kind of basic but I think but it's torture yeah and it's incredibly like shameful and painful and embarrassing and there's so much pain there and what's well, great that you you can draw from it now in in a you know in a, a sort of um controlled way yeah and, but but it's very real do you know what i mean you're, yeah. you're not at risk of of sort of like crumbling you know like you have distance from it because you've made adjustments in your own life totally. and mind but you can go there to to do to let this character be that yeah and it i mean i have to say like i this was the show is definitely more like acting yeah. than i had ever like done prior to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, and so I guess I I feel very lucky that I wasn't playing like a 18th century battle war nurse. Like yeah. this was something I was like, I know this experience. It's I know wheelhouse. how it yeah. feels yeah. to to be that person or to have someone say something to you that cuts you to the bone or that you know, like I know that feeling. And to take it. Yeah, and and to take it and smile and say thank you. Yeah, you know, like. Well, yeah, I thought that was like sort of like um, with these stories and with the script and in whatever you think you're capable of as as a real actor is that when it's there, and you've been there, yeah, it comes right back. Totally. <laughs> oh, right. totally. To the right? po- where I was, yeah, it like shook me a little bit. I yeah. bet. And I thought that the uh, like it's it's just sort of interesting that I think. What's great about this show compared to other shows like it where, you know, a comedic person, you know, has, you know, builds a show around themselves. Sure. Is that, you know, these are, these are complicated emotional, psychological issues that, you know, you really kind of like the arc of the six episodes, you know, really transforms. There, there is a transformation with everybody. Yeah. Which is really the goal of a good story, totally, right? Yes. A, a good piece of drama or, or, or not necessarily comedy, but this sort of rides a line. But like how everybody, you have the dude who was, you know, just fucking you mm-hmm. turns into a person. <laughs> yes. You know, the, uh, you know, your parents have their struggles. Totally. And they, so everybody's got this nice arc. It isn't one of these 
sort of like episode by episode, this is the comedic persona. Yeah. This is how she behaves in every situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- that's where the funny comes from. Right. This isn't one of those shows. No, I think we made a real effort to like, I mean, and this this was conscious. Like, yeah. I feel like so many times when you've seen a fat character in TV, they really are like a little one dimensional or or they're just sort of like their whole thing is like, I'm a fat person. I'm a fat person at the store. Yeah. I'm a fat person at the beach. I'm a fat person doing this. And we tried to make this just a person <laughs> who has a life who occasionally is reminded that she is fat, you know, I think that's by really exterior works. forces, which is more of how the experience is, you know? And what what happens because of that is that, you know, once the character acknowledges that and you understand that that's what that person is going through, you already really see her as a person yeah. by, by, by having that self-awareness, right? So when, you know, you show up at the dumb party, mm-hmm. you know, in that glittery dress, yeah. you know, no one's sitting there going like, oh, look at this sad fat lady. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of like, oh, that, that person, you know what I yes. mean? You're not playing it for like, totally. I, I'm out of fish out of water here totally because there, there's, there's no. like some dignity to her exactly which i think a lot of times fat characters don't have a lot of dignity no, they're played they, as like cartoon characters right. you know and and i think that's partially because that's com- that's comfortable as an audience member to watch a fat person like jump on a man as a joke rather than like have a meaningful like sexual experience with a man because why why would a fat woman ever be desired by a man or the like you know it's a little bit challenging there are challenging ideas that we tried to sort of just like let be normal if that makes sense no and i think (laughs) i think you did you know because i can also in the world of comedy and improv there you, you know generally it's a it's a fat dude, and, yeah. you know, and that dude, you know, it's almost an archetype. Totally, that they're expected to behave a certain way. That you know, and it was for years. It, you just saw it with, you know, Farley, Belushi, John Candy. Mm-hmm. That you, you know, they could all act, but you know, their place in this sort of commedia della arte of improv was like the fat guy is going to be. Rah! Yeah, totally. And I think even to see a fat woman, what you often saw was a fat man dressed as a woman. Right, right. The <laughs> you brassy know, it's like kind a of... full joke. Yeah, that even right. you know that there. So I just, I and I don't think we're like completely breaking new ground. In a lot of ways, it's a really traditional TV show. She's sure. got a job, a boyfriend, her family, her friends. You yeah, know, whatever. Right. That's what it is. But I do think it's looking at it through this POV that is a little less often explored with dignity you know right like, but that it's still like fun and a, it can be a light watch in a lot of ways I, and that it's funny and it's not just like this her, painful slog about like being a fat woman well, you i think know? it's relatively new i mean i think there have been fat women tv characters that had depth before sure. and but but really addressing you know body shame and body consciousness and 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 uh the the cultural pressure i mean that seems relatively new to me like i don't think you're way past the source point you know yeah this is us does it mike and molly sort of does it you know but but you know i think it's 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 important well good good god thank you and i and i also like to like and, and also your foil in the sort of the the shape of John Cameron Mitchell, mm-hmm. who is like you know so close to over the top yeah. and just awful. Like the one thing that didn't happen this season was uh, I, I I didn't see him buckle enough. Mm-hmm. So I imagine we'll see that later. Ooh, and I can was, only hope. Yeah, are you picked up? Or are you doing another one? Or I you don't, don't know. Oh, you I don't, don't know. know. 
I think they will tell us shortly after. It's so it comes fucking out. like it's so like I guess so. Yeah, good. Yeah. I hope so. How long did it take you to write those? Because like this waiting for a year thing is bothering no, me. No, I mean, you know, I have to say, in a lot of ways, we were really lucky. Was because I was doing SNL at the same time, and they knew that I wasn't going to leave. Yeah. There was they could only do it during my summer window, so it had to be shot and done by September. And you written. know what I mean? And written. So basically, we got picked up at the end of May. We wrote June and July. We shot yeah. August, September, and now it's out in March. I mean, it's that. It was really, really wild. <laughs> but it'd be nice if people did a half a year turnaround instead of a year sure. turnaround. Oh my god, totally. I don't know why because they're like on glow. You know, it's like a year. Yeah. And like we've gotten used to waiting a year, but I think it's too long. Are they going to drop it all at once or are they going to do it? Uh, see, no, like, it's all at once. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, that's the thing. I, no, yeah. it's like so much work that then is like, it's like cooking for a day yeah. for Thanksgiving. And then it's like in an hour, it's just it's gone. gone. I know. I don't know if it's, well, either way, it's great. Oh, thanks. You did a great job. Thanks. That means so much coming from you. You're so good. That's (laughs) so nice. I don't know. But thank you. And thank you for talking to me. Oh, my. This is an honor. Do you you feel good? You feel satisfied? I just, and this is my people pleaser. I hope you feel satisfied. I do. Really? Okay. I'm glad. Yeah. You you know, I don't know what's going to happen ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to be more hung up on, on like, like there were times where, the thing about me is like, even if it's not what I think it's going to be, uh, I'll keep people in here you know, for like for, yeah. a, for for a long time just so we have something to work with. Yeah. But this is great. But you mean like get hung up on, like the thing you get hung up on being like whether you like got to the heart of the person or more well, just like did my you expect, my, make an entertaining show or, or well, what do you yeah. mean? It's not the heart of the person. It's just yeah. that it's engaged and you know we yeah, you yeah. know we had a conversation and sometimes you know that you, know, you don't know when that's going to really break open and happen Yeah. But but a lot of times there are people that just you know don't do that yeah <laughs> yes and 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 then it's sort of like but even those they turn out okay yeah because most of the time if i'm talking to somebody you know i may not have thought it but a lot of times people have never heard that person talk so God. like even if i'm yeah. not you know what i mean yes of course so even if i'm not satisfied or i or i didn't think it was great you know the next thing you know people are like that was amazing i've never heard that guy say anything <laughs> So it works out. Oh, well, I'm glad. But you were great. Oh, thank you. This is the kind of praise I need. <laughs> and I and I hope you get picked up and have fun at SNL. Thank you. All right. That was uh that was me and AD Bryant. I love her. Don't you love her? How can you not love AD Bryant? Uh the show is shrill. It premieres tomorrow, March 15th on Hulu. Uh, all the episodes will be available to stream. And she's also, of course, on Saturday Night Live on NBC. It's her seventh season on the show. And uh, please go to WTFPod.com slash tour if you could. I'd like to get some people out to, uh, well, the the Aspen date, uh, March 23rd at the Wheeler Opera House. Apparently, it's going to, I'm, I'm relying on skiers. But the uh, the UK dates, April 4th at the Lowry. The Lowry is in Salford. Uh, Royal Festival Hall is in London on April 6th. Uh, the Rep Theater is in Birmingham, uh, April 8th. And Vicker Street in Dublin on April 11th. Uh, come out, you guys. I know you're scared of Brexit, some of you. But come out. Come out to the show. And I'll be in San Diego at the American Comedy Company, April 18th and 19th and 20th. Uh, Good Nights Comedy Club in Raleigh, North Carolina, May 16th, May 17th, and May 18th. Comedy Club on State. May 23rd, that's in Madison, Wisconsin, May 23rd, 24th, and 25th. 
and the Vermont Comedy Club, June 6th, June 7th, and June 8th. And Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis, Missouri, June 13th, and June 14th, and June 15th. A lot of dates tightening up that hour, folks. Let me see. I haven't picked up the guitar. I don't know. Yeah, I can. Hold on. Let me see what I can... 